What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of Dictations. In this episode, Dr. Rogers does a QA and a um, with questions that we took from Facebook a couple of weeks ago. And it's a really interesting episode because these are questions from you guys, and it's just Dr. Rogers answering those live. Um, so before we get to the episode, I want to open that up. We, we love this format. We love answering your questions. Uh, please shoot me an email, ben at performancemedicine.net. Uh, let me know what your questions would be, and we'll put that on a on another episode of Dictations. Um, or you can message us on Facebook. Uh, put in, we can put in the comments of one of our posts, or you can direct message us. Um, so, anyways, here's the Q and A session uh, with Dr. Rogers from uh, questions we took on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine, doing our weekly podcast. Um, we had an interesting thing uh, that we're going to do uh, tonight, and that's answer questions um, that patients have. We have a Facebook page, and um, we get a lot of questions on different topics, so I thought today would be just a good time to answer some of those questions. Uh, here's the first one. Besides a clean diet, what would you recommend for adolescents and adults with ADHD? Alternatives to Adderall and Vyvanse. Um, you know, I treat a lot of adult ADHD. And, of course, I use a lot of Adderall and Vyvanse because I think they really work. But, you know, um, a lot of people are just hesitant to take it because it's a control class 2 substance. And um, it is a stimulant, although in people that truly have ADHD, it calms them down. It doesn't stimulate them. Um, there, there is one big non-stimulating, uh, medicine for, um, ADHD, and that is Stratera. Um, it's not quite as potent. Works maybe half the time that we use it. It's expensive. There's no generic, and it causes a lot of nausea. So I don't tend to use it a whole lot. A few I do. Um, the other thing that I always emphasize is kind of getting some counseling and, you know, maybe figuring out other things you can do to kind of organize your life. Um, uh, because, you know, it's tough to have ADHD. Um, but I do treat a lot of it, and I just haven't seen a lot of problems with Adderall and Vyvanse and the stimulants with abuse. You know, again, I probably see a different patient population, but... And, you know, I treat a lot of um, professionals with it, and it, it, that's one of those drugs that people tell me it changes their life. So there are other things, Stratera being the big one, and maybe uh, biofeedback, meditation. Um, you're right, exercise and uh, eating clean and avoiding um, things that tend to stimulate you, although coffee tends to help people with ADD. Uh, but certainly check to make sure nothing else is going on, like, you know, a thyroid problem or an adrenal problem. But hope that helps. Um, next, I would like to know your thoughts on the side effects from gabapentin. Uh, that's in other words, that's Neurontin. I take it for nerve damage in my leg. Would there be an alternative with less side effects? Um, you know, gabapentin is is an interesting drug. It does have a lot of side effects. I don't like to use it a whole lot. Um, 
I do use it in some cases. Um, it the side effects really are fatigue and weight gain. Um, that's why you usually should take it at night. Some people have to take large doses just to help them. Um, you know, uh, I kind of like to find the etiology of the, why you have the nerve damage. You know, if it's in one leg, it could be a disc. Um, it could be diabetic neuropathy that you need to improve the control of your diabetes. Sometimes the damage is done. Um, it, it's, you know, it's just one of those things that's, it's tough. Lyrica is kind of a new generation Neurontin, and it, sometimes I'll use it when Gabby Pinton doesn't work. Oh, another thought about alternatives to ADHD. Provigil is another medicine that I use to treat uh, ADHD with, and it's it's really kind of a stimulant, but nobody knows really how it works. But I know a lot of jet pilots take it to focus, and so look up Provigil, or there's a new one called New Vigil. I use quite a bit of it, and it, it tends to work pretty good for ADHD, and it's in a different class from Adderall and Vyvanse for sure. So next question, can Depo-Provera injections cause Cushing's? Um, Depo-Provera is an intramuscular shot of um, medroxyprogesterone, which is a synthetic progesterone that I avoid at all costs because it's been proven to cause um, a lot of problems in women, including um, heart disease, strokes, and probably breast cancer. That um, that was really the medroxyprogesterone in combination with Primarin was the bad boy in the women's health initiative that scared everybody off of uh, hormones altogether, uh, mostly because they don't know about bioidentical hormones. But anyway, that's a synthetic Provera. Um, I don't like it's for birth control. You take a shot once every three months. Most of the women that that take it don't like it. They either have no bleeding or bleed all the time or spot all the time. Most of the time, they gain weight with it. Um, it's only really recommended to use it for a couple of years, and it's hard to get off of it. And sometimes the weight gain, even after you get off of it, can continue, especially if you're going on birth control pills. Um, Cushing's disease um, is, Provera will not cause Cushing's disease. Cushing's disease is called, caused by a pituitary tumor um, for the most part. Now, it can cause Cushing's syndrome, meaning um, elevations of cortisol, and thereby, that's why you get the weight gain. So um, my advice to you on that one is get off the depot Provera injections. I just think there's a lot better ways. I don't like it a bit. Um, next question. I'm a 45-year-old female. I struggle with weight issues. Some people battle alcohol, drugs, or cigarettes. My struggle is with food. It is especially difficult when it's all around me. Donuts at work. Halloween candy everywhere, soon-to-be Thanksgiving meals, Christmas goodies, potlucks. I wish there was some magic trick to keep me from being tempted, and I wish there was some solution to significantly increase my metabolism. That's a great question, something I deal with every day in the office since I do all kinds of weight loss. Um, there's all kinds of stuff to help you with. You know, I always kind of ask people, you know, why they eat. You know, a lot of times it is out of stress or... 
Um, it is like an addiction. It, it's almost self-medication in a lot of a lot of people. And people's metabolism is different. You know, to increase your metabolism, you really need to check and see if your metabolism is slow by a thorough workup of your thyroid, adrenals, and all your hormones, especially the hormone insulin. A lot of people are insulin resistant. And remember, insulin is a fat-storing hormone. It causes you to crave carbs and store belly fat. So I always look at the insulin level. Um, so, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to increase your metabolism. Um, you know, all kinds of medications. We use them all. Um, there are stimulants for short-term use to suppress your appetite. Um, <laughs> we're talking about the drug Vivance for ADHD. It's actually been approved by the uh, FDA for adult binge eating disorder. So a lot of times I'll use Vivance um, for uh, if you're a binge eater, and that's the most common adult eating disorder is adult binge eating disorder. So that is kind of a magic trick if you want. But the two things I always get back to with people, uh, I help people lose weight every day and usually can do that pretty easily. But in the end, you have to change your behavior. That's why I have a psychologist on my staff, Dr. Robin Branca, that just deals with really um, uh, the w issue of the psychology of eating. So she helps a lot of my patients. But the two things I always keep coming back to after we use all the tools, and some people need tools all the time to do it, medications to keep it off because of their particular metabolism. But... Um, it always gets back in the end to eat, eating a lot less carbs and practicing intermittent fasting. Those are two tricks to keep the weight off. Now, getting the weight off, you probably need some help from somebody like me that does a lot of this and can evaluate all your hormones and metabolism. So uh, be glad to help you out with that. That's mostly what I do. Uh, next question. I've been reading about the connection of chronic sinusitis fibromyalgia due to yeast and sinuses. Do I feel there's a connection? I've had both for years, according to this patient. Um, yeah, I think there is a connection. Um, you know, you ever read the book, The Yeast Connection? Very interesting book. I read probably 30 years ago. I had a patient bring, me, bring it to me, um, and I thought she was kind of nutty, but turns out 30 years later, she's probably right. Um, I actually did read the book. Uh, but didn't end up treating her because I wasn't comfortable with that kind of alternative thing. And, of course, since I went back and did my fellowship and got into integrative functional medicine, we end up treating a lot of this chronic stuff, especially fibromyalgia. Um, but, yeah, yeast, you know, they're everywhere. Molds are everywhere. Um, but, yeah, I think there is a connection. I really do. Um, I think there's a connection with mold to Alzheimer's. They call it inhalation Alzheimer's. Um, anything that can inflame your body and your brain uh, can cause a lot of chronic bad stuff. Um, so what I'll do in, in this case is I'll treat um, for a month with, uh, with uh, yeast medicine. And see how you do. Sometimes, instead of spending a ton of money on yeast studies and, you know, 
biopsies and, you know, cultures and all this and guesswork. I'll just empirically treat it and then see if it gets better on both those, both sinus and fibromyalgia. I've treated with a month's worth of medication and then we kind of reevaluate. So, yeah, I do think there's connection. Um, next question. Why in the holy heck am I not losing body fat despite being religious about my keto diet and exercising three to five days a week, including resistance training, cardio, and yoga? Great question. First of all, I love the fact that you're working out. Um, there's no better health thing that you, that you can do besides working out. Nothing. However, Working out is not a weight loss tool at all. You, you probably gain weight by working out. Um, it's good for you, but it's not a weight loss tool. That's why you see so many people disappointed when they join the gym in the New Year's and they can't lose weight. Um, and actually, some people work out too much. It creates a lot of inflammation, and it, they're actually not taking enough breaks and recovering, and it's really hurting them. Um the biggest group I see this in is is in the 40-some-year-old females that um, work out with all the different classes for four or five hours a day. And they get really inflamed. They're just chronically fatigued. Um, but the thing, and I like keto. I think it's really hard to stay on keto, especially for women. I prefer the uh, intermittent keto or cyclical keto. I'm definitely for the low carbs. But, I, you know, you need an evaluation. You need to look at all your hormones, thyroid, um, male and female hormones. You need to look at your adrenals. You need to look at sleep patterns. That has a whole lot to do with it. Um, you know, I usually check some cortisol, salivary uh, level. So there's a reason. I mean, there is a reason. Plus, a lot of people kind of underestimate how many carbs they eat. You know, this patient may be checking for ketones. I don't know. But uh, I like to work with people that because there's an answer. There, uh, by the law of physics, we should be able to figure out something out. You know, it's different for everybody. So great question. Answer, you need a workup to see what's going on and maybe stop exercising so much and maybe even take a break from keto a couple times a week. Um, but And maybe do some... Intermittent fasting. Um, next question. I would like to know what diet, nutrition tips, supplement advice, etc. would be recommended following breast cancer diagnosis. Uh, active treatment completed in August. Now taking Arimidex. Um, great question. Something we deal a lot with. Um, first of all, we need to know the hormonal status of your breast cancer. Um, the treatments that you completed. And... I'll tell you what, if, if I had a diagnosis of cancer, the first two things I would do that day is, number one, try to get as close to keto diet as I could. Um, cancer loves sugar. Remember that. Um, also, yeast loves sugar, um, like we talked about before. But definitely get on a, a almost a keto diet. Um, the other thing I would do is start taking uh, intravenous vitamin C treatments. Um, I think they really help. There's been a lot of, of evidence that it does. I've seen multiple patients that we give it to and that have taken it through the years. Uh, look up the University of Kansas research on breast cancer and IV vitamin C. Um, 
that's kind of they're the kind of the pioneers with that. But um, I've had many patients come in and get their IV vitamin C, and um, so those are the type thing. Those are the two biggest things I would give you: exercise, um, stay healthy in every other way. There's a lot of other supplements that we use uh, to keep your energy levels up and all. Um, so come and talk to us and bring your information in. And those are two keto, IV vitamin C. Uh, last question. Why is my A1C high? That's a three month measure of your average sugar. Well, my blood sugar has never been high. Fasting number is usually 92 or 93. Great question. Well, you need to check your non-fasting or, uh, what's it called? Prosprandial glucose numbers. I bet that, uh, when you eat, you're popping your sugar levels up, which is usually due to insulin resistance. So uh, I, do, I like to do an insulin tolerance test. And, and a simple, cheap way to do that is come in and give me a fasting insulin blood test. And I'll send you down to eat a, a bagel with jelly on it and then come back in an hour, hour and a half later. And let's see what that insulin level does. If it pops way up, you're insulin resistant. So, um, you know, that's interesting. Uh you know, raising two diabetic kids and treating diabetic people for 35 years, you know, I know a lot about diabetes. And sometimes that you'd be amazed at um, what your sugars will do after you eat particular food. So I'm, I suggest if you have a glucometer, start checking it more frequently, not just your fasting. As a matter of fact, a lot of times I'll prefer a non-fasting lab. It's almost a more accurate picture of where you really stand most of the time. So um, if your A1C is high, there's a lot of stuff you can do. I'll look at your weight. I'll look at your belly fat. And if you're overweight, you know, you need to do something about it. Um, I use a lot of metformin. Um, I even take a small dose of it myself, and I'm nowhere near diabetic. It prolongs life and probably cuts down on the incidence of cancer. Uh, may not be good for people that work out all the time, but if you're an average adult American, you probably don't kill it on the workout. So talk to me about metformin. Um, the other thing that um, I do is I use a lot of berberine to bring that down. Um, use a lot of uh, cinnamon, lipoic acid, chromium in people that uh, have a high A1C. And sometimes I'll check a C-peptide as well, but definitely an insulin level. Um, and I like the uh, GLP inhibitors a lot. Like We use a lot of them, like Ozempic, and it's probably my favorite one, um, which is a once-a-week shot to bring that insulin level down and or some in some other ways, too. We have tremendous success with that. So a lot of times there's a genetic predisposition for type 2 as well. Um, so great question. So check them more frequently. Um, look at your body fat. Look at your other numbers like cortisol um, and thyroid. They all interact with each other. Um, so um, you need a complete blood work. I hope this has been interesting. I think I'll do this maybe once or once a month or two just to see. Um, these are great questions. Great questions. So keep them coming. Um, check our po weekly podcast and doctor's notes, and um, I hope this helped you a lot. Come see us in the office. Hope everybody's having a great holiday season. Thank you. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We truly appreciate you guys being here. Uh, if you have not given us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast, we would truly appreciate it. It helps us be found by more people like you. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Um, it comes out. We have, we're having three shows come out a week uh, on average, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, there are three types of shows. There's Dictations, there's Carb Watch Wednesday, and there's Insights. Uh, insights is where we interview other health and wellness experts and kind of get their insight onto, uh, onto what's happening in the health and wellness world, what they're doing for their own health, um, as well as their best advice. So uh, anyways, subscribe, uh, give us a rating. We really appreciate it, uh, and we will see you guys next time.